1 Samuel chapter 8 told us that the new king that Israel was going to appoint was ultimately going to be a failure. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, we see that up close. Here, King Saul is confronted by the word of God, and so are we. If God can command kings, that means he can command us. The question is, what kind of obedience is Saul? What kind of obedience are we going to offer him? The job is simple. God commands Saul to settle an old grudge against the Amalekites. As soon as Israel had been freed from Egyptian slavery way back when, they're attacked by the Amalekites. Exodus 17.8 tells us that there's no provocation, no reason given, just an opportunistic ambush. And so now, in the days of Saul, about four to 500 years later, God's looking for his revenge. Now, this is one of those events that makes people question God's justice, because why wait this long for sins committed hundreds of years ago? The people living today certainly weren't the ones ambushing Israel, so why do they have to be punished? Well, Amalek didn't sit around twiddling their thumbs for the past couple centuries. Throughout the book of Numbers, of Judges, and 1 Samuel, they're consistent enemies of Israel, and they're always oppressing them, and at times, murdering them. Notice in verse 18 that they're still called sinners. And so now God is commanding his servant, the king of Israel, to finally put a stop to it. The command of God is given in the positive, go and destroy. And it's also given in the negative, do not spare. The sins of Amalek were so serious that they were to be devoted to destruction. This is that same concept that we've seen with Jericho in our readings of Joshua 2 and 7 earlier this week. It's not just go and wage war and tear down their walls. To be devoted to destruction is the complete and utter annihilation of everyone and everything that Amalek claims. So if Saul wants to obey, the path forward is pretty clear. Complete destruction of Amalek and nothing else. There are no questions, there are no misunderstandings, just a simple way of determining success or failure. And Saul, he starts off great. He gathers a giant army, he's merciful and spares the Kenites, and then he puts a whooping on Amalek and he devotes to destruction all the people. And so Saul's done it. Everything looks great. Until we get to verse 8. It says that he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and devoted to destruction all the people with the edge of the sword. Saul's commanded to devote everything to destruction. That's what it means. But Agag, the king of Amalek, he's still alive. And that's not all of it. In verse 9, Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and of the fattened calves and the lambs and all that was good and would not utterly destroy them. All that was despised and worthless, they devoted to destruction. The animals, well, they're mostly destroyed, or at least the worthless ones are, but the best of them are spared. Saul obeyed God, but not completely. The people of Amalek are destroyed, but the king is spared. The animals are destroyed, but the best are spared. And in the eyes of God, there's no partial credit for partial obedience. Samuel asks Saul in verses 19, Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you pounce on the spoil and do what is evil in the sight of the Lord? Now, look at Samuel's phrasing. Disobedience, even in its best light, is evil in the sight of God. Saul thought he was doing so much good, but in the end, he's ultimately rejected by God. And so why did Saul, and in turn, why do we fail to obey our God? Well, it's quite simple. We fail to listen to God because we like to listen to other voices. This is one of the big emphases of the entire chapter. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 1, 
reading from the New King James, Samuel also said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people over Israel. Now therefore, heed the voice of the words of the Lord. It's an interesting way to phrase it. Listen to the voice of the words of the Lord. Seven times we see the words of the Lord mentioned in this chapter, and seven times also we see the word voice. But it's not always the voice of the Lord that's getting Saul's attention. Again, in verses 13 through 14, Samuel came to Saul. And Saul said to him, Blessed be you to the Lord, I have performed the commandments of the Lord. And Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen that I hear? The bleeding and the lowing in the Hebrew are the same word for voice, kol. It's also the same word used to describe the voice of the Lord. The English translators just kind of consider it odd, I guess, for sheep and oxen to have voices, so their sense of good English kind of obscures this connection that the author's trying to make for us. Saul wasn't listening to the voice of God. Saul was distracted by the voice of the animals. And not just the animals. After Saul is convinced of his sin, he confesses in verse 24, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Saul was king of Israel. He commanded an army put together and marched out to Amalek, and they obeyed. But even King Saul in all his authority falls to the pressure of different voices. So when seeking to obey God and listen to his voice, we need to be aware of the other voices that are competing for our attention. Maybe we have the voice of the good life. Saul and the people saved only the best of the sheep and the oxen. Maybe it's the voice of belonging. Saul caved into the pressure of the people and their voice. Maybe it's the voice of comfort, the voice of pride, the voice of negativity. Any of these voices that tell us that it's not worth serving God. The voices of the world are constantly vying for our attention but we need to hear the voice of the words of the Lord. How can we turn up his volume? Well, we're only going to hear him when we make listening to him a daily habit in our lives. Thus, the podcast, Bible Habits. So I hope you continue on with our Bible reading. The goal is not to listen to the podcasts. The goal is to listen to God. So even if you don't listen to these podcasts, always be listening to God and his word.